a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah... Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Tuesday night, the 30th of January. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig, and I think before we get into anything tonight, we need to tell people why we were off the air last week. Yeah, well, we had uh, a wee bit of a technical issue last mm-hmm. week. Uh, my my old computer is literally on its last legs. Okay, right. compared to my old computer, Joe Biden is razor sharp. <laughs> He's not joking, folks. <laughs> I mean, you know, and a couple of weeks ago, I had purchased a new computer, um, got it, and then I had to take it to my computer genius uh, a couple of towns to the east of me, and he transferred everything from my old computer to the new computer, but there was one aspect of it that we could not figure out. And it was the one thing that we had to have to get on the air. Yeah. Now tell them who fixed it. Oh, some computer geek somewhere else fixed it. <laughs> it was My actually our IT person. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, we we went to the we went to the genius, the uh, the in-house genius, and I thought it was one thing. Diane thought it was another, but. Diane's son figured out it was the one thing neither one of us would have ever figured out on our own. Right. right. And uh, he got it fixed. And so here we are on the air, brand new equipment. So if there's any glitches, it's the equipment. It's not me. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. Um, right. Now, Friday, this coming Friday, my favorite holiday of the year, Groundhog's Day. Is coming I thought up. it was so, Festivus was your favorite. Oh, no. No, see, with Festivus, there are things you have to do. With Groundhog's Day, you have to do nothing. Oh, that's right. Festivus, you've got to get a dead tr- pole or something and yeah, walk you, around it. <laughs> you, you have to have a pole. You have to walk around it. You know, there's the airing of grievances. There's all sorts of things that go along True. with Festivus. True. Groundhog's Day... All you have to do is look out the window. If it's sunny, it's, you know, weather coming up is one thing. If it's cloudy, the weather coming up is the other thing. No special meal, no cards, no gifts, no decorations. 
it's okay. just a day. So, so I'm I'm excited about that, but I'm also very excited about tomorrow. Tomorrow? What's tomorrow? Tomorrow is Wednesday. And? The weather here, in my little corner of the world, it's going to get up to 64 degrees. Now, I know for you people like Diane that live in places, places like South Florida or Arizona or, you know, something like that, 64 degrees, you're thinking, that's cold. Okay? But here's the deal. Tomorrow, at 64 degrees, it will literally be 90 degrees warmer than it was two weeks ago. That's true. You had all that minus temperature and all that nasty, nasty stuff. You're almost going to be as warm as we are going to be tomorrow. It was 26 degrees below zero two weeks ago. Yep. Tomorrow, it's going to be 64 above zero. That is a 90-degree swing in two weeks. And like I always say, why would anybody want to live where you live? Because we like variety. Well, no, I'll take paradise. (laughs) I'm sitting here. about 60 degrees right now here and i'm sitting here cold in a, in a heavy shirt and, and socks and everything else because oh, to us this is cold yeah i know we're weather you know. weenies what can i Yarn. say but you know something but people don't realize there's an actual reason when you live in the tropics, as long subtropics, whatever you want to call Florida, as long as I have, which is most of my life, your blood actually thins out. Yeah. So we we physically get cold for a reason. But it doesn't weenies. make us any less of weather weenies. It's just we can bring out the boots and the coats and the sweaters. <laughs> See, today, I mean, it was like 54 degrees here today. We were running around in shorts and shirt sleeves. I mean, it was oh just beautiful. God. Just oh beautiful. My God. Okay, we got a bunch of stuff to cover tonight. Diane, you're covering the media, an enemy within. Right. I'm covering the FAA goes woke. So those yes. are the two segments we've got coming up for you tonight. But before we get to any of that, We've got a couple of what we call quick hitters. And let's start with the drone strike that took place a few days ago in Jordan. Okay, Craig, why don't we preface that a little bit about what we're doing on that first? Yeah, we're, Diane and I, uh, not for next week, but for the week after, we are doing a bunch of research and we're putting together some information regarding this drone strike that may come as quite a surprise to a lot of people that have been paying a lot of attention to mainstream media and to Fox News. Right. We have gotten a hold of some information that's not being put out there. Uh, Craig, maybe we'll get a knock on our doors for, you know, some of this stuff. Maybe we won't. But folks, listen to what the media is telling you. Listen to what Joe Biden is saying. 
and take it with a grain of salt is all we can say. Yeah, you really have to. Okay, so with all that said, let's get into what we can talk about tonight regarding that drone strike. Now, uh, we know that there were three U.S. service people that were killed. Yes. We know there were at least 24 that were injured. 34. Okay. 34. We okay. Um, it's the uh, it it was the 165th strike against U.S. forces in that region since yes. October 7th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but it's the first strike since October 7th that has actually resulted in the death of American service people. Right. And uh, there are some things about it uh, and and some things in the aftermath about it that need to be investigated and need to be brought out. But one of the things we can say at this point that strikes us as absolutely despicable is the fact that, you know, here we are on Tuesday night and Joe Biden has not reached out and contacted any of the families of the three service members that were killed. Yeah. In fact, what makes it even worse on Fox this morning, and again, you got to take everything now with a grain of salt. They said that the service members, families have to contact the state department that they wish to get a phone call from the president. That has never happened before. That's insane. Of course it is. I mean, of course it is. If if you want to, to get a call from the president of the United States because a family member of yours was just killed in a, a drone strike in a different part of the world, and there's only—I mean—we're talking three people, three families, right? Right. Um, given that. You have to make an appointment to get yeah. a call? That, that's that's insane. It was on Fox and Friends this morning, and when I heard it, I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? But again, everything coming out on the media now, folks, you have to take with a grain of salt. It's It's gotten to the point, you know, here it is, the media regarding the drone strike, is saying Iran was behind this and, and, oh, it's all Iran, 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 Iran. Well, the BBC is reporting that the Islamic resistance in Iraq is the one that has actually claimed um, having been behind the attack. So we're not getting anything correctly here, folks. Well, and, you know, Iran came out, I think it was yesterday, and and they said, we had nothing to do with this. Right. You know, now, obviously, you can't take Iran at their word for much of anything. No, nor can you take Iraq either, unfortunately. But you you correct me if I'm wrong here, but Mm -hmm. isn't the Islamic resistance in Iraq and the factions in Iran on two different sides of Islam, isn't one Shia and the other isn't? Yeah. Yeah. 
So you can't really, one is Sunni, one is Shia. It's, and you also have to remember that the Islamic resistance and all that is also operative in Gaza. Right. Right. And that, that adds a different layer into right. this thing that's being pretty much ignored by the mainstream right. media. Um, these are things that Diana and I are looking into. Um, mm-hmm. There there are some issues with how the drone got through uh, to complete the attack. We're going to be looking it was into launched that. From? Right. Where it was We're, launched from? Right. Uh, you know, who's behind it? Um, I mean, there's a lot of questions that we have, mm-hmm. and we're going to do our best in a couple of weeks to provide as many of the answers uh, as we can. Now, we're, we're going to be able to back quite a bit of this up. Yes. Okay. There are some parts that are going to be what, what we refer to as educated speculation. Right. Okay. It's not conspiracy theory. It's not that we're making stuff up. It's that we're looking at a bit of bigger picture and trying to put the puzzle pieces back together. And, you know, if you, if you, it, well, it kind of follows that thing. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it probably is a duck. Yes. Yes. So, and there's also some players, and we're not going to mention them now by any means, who the media is paying no attention whatsoever to, that are actually big players in the region. Right. And for some reason, nobody's talking about it. They should be, but they they're not. Be. Right. In other words, we're going to be doing an investigative report on the lines like we did on Benghazi, the land grabs, and a multitude of others. Epstein. Yeah, Epstein, right. We were the first ones to say about the hyloid bone. When you step back and look at the big picture and take into account all the players involved, you come out with, we're coming out with a very vastly different picture than what's being shoved down our throats. Yeah, so we're, we're working on this. We're doing some research now. Uh, we've, we've started the writing process on it, but we've got some time to put this together. So mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to take our time. We're not going to rush it. We're going to get as much factual information as we can to bring not only to the written piece, but to this show two weeks from tonight. Right. And let me say, Craig, if suddenly we're off the air, people better come looking for us because yeah, we you, would have hit the nail right on the head. You know, you're you're talking about maybe getting a knock at the door from somebody that wants us to step up and be a national player media wise. I'm more worried no, about black helicopters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, that's what I I'm mean, thinking. <laughs> uh, I well, think not there's a rack helicopter, a different one. <laughs> right. I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just thinking, you know, uh, men in, in black suits with dark glasses and, right. you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, we'll see how it all works out. We'll see what, what all information we have. But we can promise you this. It's going to open some eyes. Now, some people may look at it and go, well, those guys – 
over there on Right Side Patriots, they don't know what they're talking about because the media is telling us it's A, B, and C. And those guys over on Right Side Patriots are saying it's D, E, and F. But we're going to ask you, and we'll ask you this on Tuesday night, two weeks from now, to hang on to the article, keep the link handy, because we believe that given time, what we tell you is going to be proven correct. Yes, absolutely, 100%. All right, so moving on, uh, we've got this situation down at the southern border. People probably haven't heard a thing about it, don't know anything's wrong. The reason they don't know anything wrong is because Biden and the mainstream media keep telling us the border's fine, it's secure. Um, Right. Diane's favorite person, Corrine Jean-Pierre. She says, she says, people are not just walking across the border. Well, she's just a liar. There's, There's no other way to say it. But Biden had the audacity to say, I've done all I can do with executive authority to fix the border. And our new House Speaker Johnson actually said, liar. I call BS, not on Johnson. Okay. Right. I mean, fixing the border at this point, at least stemming the, the flow, can be done with executive orders with a stroke of a pen. Exactly. But you want to know something, Craig? Technically, in a way, Biden's right. He has done everything to fix the border. As in to open it up and here come our new Democrat voters. He's well, fixed it in the Democrats' favor. He He's done all he can do at the border that Obama will allow him to do. Exactly. <laughs> and that's one key point, folks. You have to remember, Biden, we all know, is not a well man, either physically or mentally. No one in their right mind can be really believe that uh, Biden is running the show. You just can't. All his leanings, vacillating back and forth, supporting this one at first and then suddenly changing and all of those things that are involved with him, that that's Obama. It's our opinion, but it's Obama that's running the White House. Again, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, it's probably Obama. Right. You know? I mean, and when you look at the border, the December numbers came out yesterday. Right. And that we know of, over 300,000 illegal aliens poured across the border. They're not just walking across. Corrine John. Is correct in that. They're not just walking across. Some of them are dancing across. Some are sashaying yeah. across. Some are strutting across. They're strolling. They're not some are just walking. Being driven across. Yeah. Right. Um, but that number is the highest monthly number we've seen yet. And that doesn't include the gotaways. Right. It's a very, very sad situation which is happening down there because our border agents are more than willing to follow the laws we have in place. But here it is. We are now in a country 
where we have an administration telling us, basically, don't follow our laws. Right. And I mean, they're they're now crying about the razor wire. Oh, it's going to hurt people. Well, you know what? Razor wire, that's what it's supposed to do. It's a deterrent so they don't get hurt. Well, and there's a, a meme going around. I wish I would have thought of it, but there's a meme going around on social media that says they say razor wire is inhumane, but not if you don't try to climb over it. Oh, I didn't. I haven't seen that. You know, I mean, that you know, stay on your own side of the razor wire. You won't get hurt. I mean, that's that's really what that says. Now, it's interesting because over the last week. The, the Biden regime threatened to sue Texas oh, yeah. for, for putting the razor wire up. And they won. The Biden regime won, sort of, use your air quotes, uh, a, a decision in the U.S. Supreme Court that said the Border Patrol agents can cut the wire. Okay? And a lot of people came unglued. And I get it. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of Republicans came unglued. Right. But here's the thing. That decision does not say that Texas can't put up the wire. So Texas has said, you cut the wire. We're just going to put it, put up more of it. And Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas basically said, come on down, cut it. See what happens. Yeah. You know, you know what people forget Legal immigrants are more than welcome here. You come through the process, you're approved to come here, you're welcome here. These people know they are breaking our laws in the way they're coming here. So when somebody breaks the law, technically they're a criminal. Nowhere in the U.S. Constitution does it say we have to accept criminals into our country. Right, right. Now, at the border, let's see, today is Tuesday, Monday. I think it was Sunday. Uh, Governor Christy Nome up in South Dakota went down to the border. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got a tour down. It's, it's certainly not her first time. She's been to the border more in the last two years than anybody in the Biden regime, including Mayorkas, has been there in their entire lives. For what I understand, uh, South Dakota is supplying a lot of the razor wire. South Dakota is supplying razor wire. In the past, South Dakota, like many other states, and I don't want to, you know, make it sound like South Dakota is the only one because they're not. But South Dakota has sent National Guard troops from South Dakota down to the border. Oh, so uh, is Florida. Yeah. yeah, Florida has. Nebraska has. There's a lot of states that have. Um, Mm -hmm. Governor Kristi Noem was literally the first governor to send any troops down there from the the state National Guard. She's done it now, I think, either two or three times. And one of the things I believe she was talking to Governor Abbott about when she was down there over the past couple of days was, if you need more troops, we're willing to send more troops. But instead of in an administrative role, if you want them to take an active role, we can we can help you with that too. Right. You know, so 
it's it's a very interesting situation uh, that's going on down there. But tomorrow, uh, Governor Nome is doing something that doesn't happen very often in the state of South Dakota. I don't know how often it happens in other states, but she asked for and was granted uh, the ability to do an address to the entire South Dakota legislature, the Senate and the House together. And it's all about the border. So I think tomorrow afternoon she's going to be laying out what she talked to Governor Abbott about and, and what the plans are going forward as far as sending National Guard soldiers down to Texas to help with that situation. So well, it's going to be it's, interesting. It's not just um, South Dakota. I know Florida's part of the ones that are going to be helping Abbott. I know um, – Oh, God. Oklahoma is. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. She's getting the most press now, which is which is fine. Um, but this is not this is 16 Republican states, I believe, that have united together to support Governor Abbott. Actually, that number has gone up too. that. Uh, oh, it has. Tw- yeah. Twenty five uh, governors. Wow from around okay. the country, signed a letter of support with Governor Abbott uh, late last week. And so there's a, a lot of states that are willing to stand up for Texas, for Governor Abbott, and uh, it's going to get real interesting down there on that border really, really fast. because Not a Democrat governor uh, oh. there, I would assume. <laughs> not, not one. You're right. Not one, of course not. Not one, but... You know, it, it's going to get interesting down there. Making it more interesting, Diane, is the Border Patrol says they don't want to cut the wires. Right. The the Border Patrol wants to do their job. But Biden, like Obama with his hearts and minds of the enemy, Biden is basically the hearts and minds for the illegals coming in here. There's so many comparisons about what's going on. Right. And with with Obama's policies. With 25 uh, governors and the Border Patrol saying, uh, don't look at us. We don't want to go down there and cut the wire. You know, now the Biden regime is kind of trying to walk that whole thing back right. a little bit. But it's too late. You already, you, you took it to the Supreme Court. Correct. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, uh, there's a saying when you move too fast, but I, I, I don't know what it is, what it actually what, but what they actually did was they woke up the other governors right. to like, hey, this happens there. This is also happening here because these people are being shipped into our states. We can't never mind. We can't afford them. We don't want them. They're not legally here right you know and i mean you think of the gotaways right Mm -hmm. all of these people whether they got away or whether they were cataloged for lack of a better word they're all unvetted we don't know who these people are i guarantee you sleeper cells have been coming across we're getting people not only from south america and mexico they're coming from all over the world yeah china 
We've got people coming from China. We have people coming from Africa. We have people coming from everywhere and a certain number of um, young men that are on the terrorist lists have been caught trying to sneak across the border. Those are ones we know about. That we know about, exactly. You know, so we're obviously, we're going to keep an eye on the border. Diane, I think you're working on a piece on the border, right? Um, the one for... Next week. No, the one for next week is back in the Middle East. After our big investigative report, I have two articles on, in the works. One on the border... And the and it's quite different than what you think, folks. It's not just your regular whatever. There's a couple of solutions to the border in there. And the other one is uh, be prepared, folks, as we get nearer to the election. There's a new COVID strain out there. But don't I'm tell in- anyone. Yes. <laughs> be very, very quiet. Yes. Yeah. Timing is everything, right? Mm-hmm. All right, we've hit the bottom of the hour. That means we're going to have to take a quick break. Half an hour from now, I'm talking about the FAA goes woke. But when we come back from the bottom of the hour break, Diane has it with the media, an enemy within. Stay yes. with us. There's more coming up on Right Side Patriots after that. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sorry. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots at rspradio1.com. Greg Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. Getting you through the Tuesday night edition of the show, and if you miss any part of it, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, listen to this show or any of the others in their entirety. 
<laughs> All right, Diane. So we obviously, you and I both, talk a lot about the mainstream media. Uh, we <laughs> talk a lot about the problems with the mainstream media, but maybe it goes deeper than a lot of people think. So you've put together an op-ed under the title, The Media, An Enemy Within. Yes. Now, before I start the article, I do have to preface this with the author's note that I added, where I said this article was written before my chosen candidate, Ron DeSantis, dropped out of the race. The media's unceasing push for Trump and the Iowa caucus going forward when it should have been delayed due to the weather saw only 18.5% of those eligible to vote were able to vote. And that set the stage for what was to follow, meaning my article. Okay, and let's start with this. It's a quote. Absolutely outrageous that the media would participate in election interference by calling the race before tens of thousands of Iowans even had a chance to vote. The media is in the tank for Trump, and this is the most egregious example yet. That was Ron DeSantis's spokesperson, Andrew Romeo. Now, after last Monday's Iowa caucus, believed by many to be a bellwether for who will be will go on to become the presidential candidate for each party, I am more convinced than ever that the media, both mainstream and otherwise, are truly an enemy within. Why so? Because while said caucus had basically just started, the Associated Press declared a Trump victory at 7.31 p.m. local time, a mere 31 minutes into the caucus, with only eight of 99 counties having reported their results. And Fox immediately took their cue from the AP, as did other media outlets, thus basing their winning call on but a mere 1,000 votes tallied in two or three precincts in a rural area of Iowa, which equated to less than 1% of the total votes yet to be counted. Simply, Fox was the first to officially declare Donald Trump the Iowa caucus winner, as they so hoped he'd be. After all, Trump is the very man Fox, and most especially Sean Hannity, has been pushing down viewers' throats for months. And they did so no matter their standing in place policy not to call any election until all the polls are closed. Guess Fox was too greedy to pass up a ratings bonanza, hence bottom line monetary profits not to do so. A ratings bonanza that in actuality accredited to a stab in the back for the other four candidates and most especially for Iowa caucus goers themselves. How so? This announcement by Fox was heard in the precincts where caucusing was still ongoing, with many folks still undecided and not yet having cast their vote, along with votes already cast but yet to be counted across the entirety of the state. The fix was in, and Fox might as might well now be known as calling itself Trump Central, as their once fair and balanced moniker is one for the history books, as their sole driving force seems to be to dominate the entire media discourse by any and all means possible. 
And last Monday night's actions has led me to believe that Fox is, to some degree, guilty of overt election interference and maybe even election suppression by their and the other networks calling the election caucus way too early not to have swayed votes. And some will will say it would not have changed the final outcome in favor of Trump. It indeed did. How so? While Trump might still have been the winner, he might not have reached the all-important 50% threshold, which would have allowed the other candidates to be awarded more delegates and Trump less delegates, a key factor numbers-wise in regards to the nominating convention. So now Fox joins the collective of what I consider to be the media being the one who actually does choose our candidates and nominees for us, with no vacillation or disagreement allowed as to their discourse. And Craig, it's no wonder. A recent Hill-Harris poll found that 33% of Americans deem the media to be an, what they called, enemy of the people. No wonder the DeSantis campaign did at that time call Fox News to task. Well, so when you look at the overall aspect of it, um, what is your opinion as to how the, how the early call in that Iowa caucus may or may not have affected all the candidates that were involved in the caucus because there were really uh, four other or four candidates really Mm -hmm. in the race, right? So when you look at all four of those candidates as opposed to Trump, how do you think it affected Uh, them? You know, my chosen candidate, Ron DeSantis, did finish in second place, garnering nine Iowa Delegates as opposed to Trump's 20, with Nikki Haley garnering eight, Vivek Ramaswamy getting three, and Asa Hutchinson with no delegates allotted. Yet this early call by Fox and the others was not only unfair to all the candidates, but now the Democrats are truly on their way to seeing a Trump-Biden rematch, something the majority of Americans still do not want to see happening. Why so? Because most know well that the Democrats have had eight years to fine-tune their infamous election irregularities to put what amounts to election fraud in more politically acceptable terms. And another key component regarding the unfairness of Monday's caucus itself is the fact that Paul D. Pat. Iowa's Secretary of State and also the State Commissioner of Elections, who, while this is not an accusation by any means, was supported by Trump in his run for Secretary of State. And he knew days ahead of time, as did we all, what the severity of the weather on caucus night would be. In fact, the weather was so bad Monday night that not only did it break a two decades long low regarding frigid weather, but saw minus 40 degree wind chills and roads encased in ice and snow being what forced the majority of caucus goers to stay home, and rightly so, in such dangerous conditions. Simply, Pat or Pat. 
Tay, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, should have put the health, safety, and welfare of Iowans first by postponing the caucus by at least a few days until the system moved eastward and away from Iowa, which would have allowed for what he had to know would be a more representational vote tally across the state. But sadly, thanks to the weather, truly representational the caucus numbers were not and this can be seen in the actual tallies and corresponding facts as they pertain to the how and why this worked out in trump's favor first the numbers fact one iowa has 594,533 registered republican voters of which only 110,298 of said voters showed up to caucus due to the inclement weather. Fact two, this translated into only 18.5% of those who could caucus actually caucusing, then voting, meaning 81.5% of Iowans were not, I repeat, not, able to caucus and vote, again because of the weather. Fact three, this most important of caucuses not only saw the lowest number of voter turnout since 2020, a year when only 86,000 Iowa Republicans were able to cast their ballots due to temperatures reaching but five degrees, a warm streak compared to Monday night. But sadly, This caucus was decided by less than 20% of all Republicans who were eligible to vote. And now the media is on a Trump roll. For the liberal media, it means counting on Trump losing to Biden, while the conservative right-leaning media claims that Iowa is the start of a domino effect for Trump, something they claim will be akin to Ronald Reagan's landslide victory over Jimmy Carter in 1980. And this, Craig, was when Reagan garnered 489 electoral college votes, along with 50.8% of the popular vote, as opposed to Carter's 41.0% of the popular vote, and carrying just six states and Washington, D.C., you know, when you look at the overall picture, and that's what you and I do is we look at the bigger mm-hmm. picture, how important is Iowa and the Iowa caucus in predicting who's going to become the nominee or who's going to become the president? Well, but even primary caucus wins come replete with certain caveats, one being that while Donald Trump who is no Reagan, in my opinion, even with MAGA slogan is not his. That was, folks, uh, Ronald Reagan's Making America Great Again slogan. Even though Trump won the 2020 Iowa Republican caucus, he did not win the general election. In fact, Iowa has not determined the outcome of the actual presidential election correctly, but two times in the past six elections. Not a great record, I'd say. And yet the media, especially Fox News, as I was writing this, heralded this one caucus win that due to the weather, low 
voter turnout does not truly represent the whole of Iowa's Republican voters. Yet they about, you know, about shove Trump, I should say, Trump news down our throats in almost every news block. And with reporting like that, both Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley have basically been deemed by Fox as talking heads to be losers months before the nominating convention has even taken place, let alone all the primaries. Remember, folks, this was written before um, the vote tallies. And it's my opinion that this type of reporting is indeed a form of election interference, for it leaves a bad taste in one's mouth that there's now no reason to go vote. No reason because a once-trusted news source has already declared Trump the winner. And the gullible and lazy amongst the uninformed and misinformed Republican masses will fall into line and do as Fox is basically, albeit veiled, telling them to do so. Craig, and this means only vote Trump, no matter this truly not funny under the dangerous weather conditions comment Trump made before the caucus started. And here, folks, I have the video in Trump's own words. And he says he was joking, but this was not the time to make a joke like this. Go out and vote for me, even if it means you pass away due to the weather. As as you, as you look at the entire situation, you know, we're, you know, you, you and this op-ed and you and I uh, collectively have talked a lot about the mainstream media, but it's not just broadcast media, is it? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you've got your ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, you know, all part of the broadcast media. But there's more media than broadcast media. How have some of the other sources of media handled this situation? Well, here I talk about the print reporters. And here's one particular case. Take the case of an article that appeared in last Thursday's, again, go back to the caucus dates, town hall tip sheet where Matt Vespa reported on possible Trump VP picks. He listed four possible VP choices, in his opinion, Senator Tim Scott, Governor Kristi Noem, and uh, Representative Brian Donalds, and Representative Elise Stefanik from New York. But of these four mentioned, I believe, at least at this time, before she said she's not going to do it, I thought he might choose a woman to counter Kamala Harris on the Biden ticket. And here I'm talking about Elaine Stefanik. She said she's not going to leave the House. Now, as for Trump loyalist Christine Noem, a great governor able to counterbalance the ego and overblown rhetoric spewed by Trump himself, saw Vespa pushing for New York Representative Elise Stefanik. And at the point When I was writing this, she seemed to be the one Trump was leaning towards, especially after his having recently stated that Stefanik, quote, would be a killer VP pick. So why did Matt Vespa basically um, write South Dakota's governor out of the VP pick? Because, and I quote, Noam 
caved on trans athletes, end quote, something which is beyond a shadow of a doubt not true. Let me briefly explain just how the media twists the facts to meet its political agenda by using the above stated example. If Matt Vespa had done his research, instead of buying into the propaganda Fox and others are spewing out, he would have found that SD46 banned trans youth from participating in school sports consistent with their gender quota identity. Now, it was forced upon vote in 2021 into being vetoed. And uh, while the bill addressed the issue, Governor Nome did so, meaning the veto, because she called into question verbatim legalese, or I should say verbal legalese, legalese that would have opened up South Dakota to numerous leftist-initiated lawsuits, lawsuits that might well have bankrupted the states. Also, Vespa failed to mention that later in 2021, Governor Nome actually issued two executive orders, stopgap measures, to restrict participation on female sports teams only to those assigned female at birth. Then in 2022, Nome rewrote the bill in correct legalese, which passed the legislature and which she then signed into law. In other words, Craig, Governor Christine Nome first via executive order overrode the previous legalese flawed bill, giving herself some time to rewrite and replace said bill with what was unchallenged wording, thus putting into law the very thing Matt Vespa said she caved to. Right. I mean, you know, for, for those of us who live close to South Dakota or in South Dakota and follow what Governor Nome does up there, Vespa's Vespa's article came as quite a shock. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, really? Where in the world did he get his information? I mean, that was just one of those really, really strange things. So the the left isn't the only side of the political aisle that's trying to influence our election process, is it? No. Now, I brought, you know, bring that example up to show that it's not just the left who are influencing the upcoming election, courtesy of words written or spoken, but that our side is too. In the case of Town Hall's Matt Vespa, this involves a possible VP choice, a choice which, while somewhat veiled, could, he hopes, see his piece as a way to help sway those of us currently supporting Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley to cross over to the Trump side. In the case of Fox News, it's more in-your-face obvious that Fox has indeed become the spokesmouth for Trump and will do any and everything to see him win, which, via viewership ratings, puts money in their pockets, even if it includes flooding the airwaves with everything Trump giving little airtime to his Republican opponents with the airtime they do give likely to be negative in nature. And remember, folks, this was written uh, right after the caucus. Simply, unless the media in general 
is reined in regarding their overtly biased and partisan reporting unless election fraud itself is dealt with, which reality shows it has not even started to be. We will continue to see the media complicit in dictating who the candidates will be, meaning we will never see a fair, unbiased election again. A lack of ethics, common sense, and in Trump's case, decorum, will surely see to that. Case closed. You know, it's really an interesting situation when you get down to it. You know, people are so much, they, they have so much more easy access to media reports now. Uh, than they did 10, 15, 20 years ago. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, if you, if you carry around a smartphone and most people do, you know, you, you get updates, you, you click into Google, you, you know, search the, uh, the internet, whatever your, your chosen, uh, source for news is the, you know, depending on which side of the aisle you're on, of course. You've got it loaded into your phone. You can bring it up, uh, you know, with the, the flick of a button, you know, um, you have this instant access to everything and the news outlets, whether they be print or broadcast, as you rightly point out in this op-ed, they know that people are looking for information. So the faster they can get something out, they, they feel that you know, they're going to hold on to their, their viewers or their readers, uh, like that. It's not always a good thing. No, no, the media, the fifth estate, which was once extremely respected and looked up to has now really become a share sham of itself. It's all about, we have to beat our competition. We have to, get a big rating bonanza and we have to see it translating into dollars earned. And you know, you take Fox news, you, you rightly point out some issues there with Fox news. Um, and Fox news really is the best thing we've got going for us on this side of the aisle. It's all we've but, got left. I mean, pretty much, but they're not without issues, right? right. If you go back to 2012, in the presidential election in November of that year. Okay. They were at the other end of the spectrum that night. Okay. They were, they were holding out, holding out, holding out, holding out for a Republican win against Barack Obama. Right. You know, you and I were covering that and we saw no path to victory for the Republicans. Correct. Okay, but they strung it out and strung it out and strung it out. The Iowa caucus, they were at the opposite end of the spectrum. AP reported Trump's going to run away with this. Everybody jumped on the bandwagon, including Fox News. And that's the, you know, that's the other side of the coin. But both sides are bad issues. Right. Yeah, it, it's a very sad situation what's happening to the media today because remember, in the days of Walter Cronkite, those people who remember him, um, from what I understand, he delivered the news. He did not make the news. Cronkite was, he was, people found out later that he was really a liberal. 
Right, and, exactly. And, but you would have the, never known it. No, the way he delivered a newscast uh, covered that up quite a bit. Now, he did have a lot of editorial input into what stories would be and would not be covered on his nightly newscast. And so he was able to even swing things a little bit that way. If there was something that he, right. he didn't want from a Democrat standpoint to get out there, he just simply wouldn't cover it. Correct. But that's a lot different than today when you've got people who are supposedly, air quote, journalists, simply making up the news. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the other side, the liberal news, when they know something is a lie. They know it's not true. They know it's not based on facts. Yet they will go on air and report it as facts if it meets their political agenda. Right. And that's propaganda. Yeah. That's all it really is, is propaganda. This is a very interesting op-ed, folks. And uh, I I think you'd do well to pick up the link and give it a read for yourself because there's there's a lot of information in here, and it may make you regard what you see and hear in national media a little differently as we move closer and closer to the election. The title on the op-ed, The Media, and Enemy Within, and you can find it in two places. You can go to Diane's blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, or you can go to rspradio1.com. Either way, you can get the link, and we hope you share it. Right. And remember, this was written right at the time of the caucus. So that's why I kept saying this past Monday night and whatever. The two articles that Craig and I are presenting tonight are actually what would have been presented last week if we didn't have those, um, uh, what was that, the cable trouble. Yeah, the cable issues. You know, the cable we, issues. We're, we're we, playing catch up here, folks. We we had to put them in the freezer and save save them for a, a you know a, a meal down the road, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> as as it were. But yeah, this was written by Diane right between the the Iowa caucus and before Ron DeSantis uh, suspended his campaign, right? Right. You know, so, so it, but it's it, still it, as applicable. I was reading it, I was trying to bring it up to, you know, past tense, but right. uh, I was but seeing it, it as what was happening. But it's still applicable. Yeah. You know, unfortunately that's, it is. That's the thing, you know. The the only the only thing very quickly cuz we only got a minute left, the only thing in the op-ed that I questioned just a little bit is the comparison you make between uh, Reagan and Carter and, uh, you know, what happened at the Iowa caucus with Fox News. You know, the the Reagan-Carter uh, thing was actually a general election. The caucus thing is actually primary. So it's, it's a little that. bit different, but it's still, you know, it's still something that people need to keep in mind. Yeah. You know, people need to understand why things are working the way they're working, not just that they are going a certain direction. You need to understand why, you know, Mm -hmm. and the media, unfortunately, is the engine that's pushing all of this right now. It's not pulling it. It's pushing it. Yeah. And 
And why it's very relevant is because the thing with the drones is also being pushed down our throats, minus certain key facts that we will expose in two weeks. That in mind, folks, we got to take a quick break. We're at the top of the hour. But when we come back, I'm talking about the FAA goes woke. So stay with us. There's more to come on Right Side Patriots after this. Hi, guys. Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's longtime Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out The National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. If you miss any part of tonight's show, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, and have at it. Mm-hmm. The easiest way to do it. Okay, so again, this was written, um, this was originally for broadcast last week, uh, so a bit of a leftover, if you will. Um, and in case you missed it, What's going on over there at the FAA is a real head-scratcher. Yes, it definitely is. You know, there was a lot of stuff going on the week that, the week that Diane wrote her op-ed and the week I wrote this commentary. But these are important things, and you need to know. So I wrote a commentary under the title, The FAA Goes Woke. With all the problems our nation's transportation sector has experienced over the past few years, from a series of train derailments to enormous delays in air travel, one would think that our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, would be trying to fix the problems that actually exist before he tries to fix make-believe issues 
that only exist in the addled minds of liberals. Sadly, that's not the case. Just a couple of weeks ago, a door blew off a Boeing jet while in flight. Somehow, nobody was killed or severely injured, but the mishap, which came after a series of warnings had been ignored, has now prompted the FAA to warn parents not to have babies sitting in their laps during flights, lest a part of the airplane suddenly divorce itself from the aircraft and babies start getting sucked out into the wild blue or pink yonder. The FAA, by the way, is a government agency tasked with overseeing our nation's regulating of civil aviation. They are in charge of everything from the safety of aircraft to maintaining operations with air traffic controllers at airports to seeing to it that pilots are not drinking before they climb into the cockpit. It's an agency that demands top-flight people as employees at every level. You want top-flight people in every aspect of the FAA. You do not want planes bumping into one another on the ground or in the air, and it seems preferable to have all the parts of your plane that leave the ground still attached when you reach your destination. Diane, one would think that there would be no wiggle room when it comes to the people hired by the FAA. You would think that, but maybe think again. You definitely have to think again because now they're trying to, uh, what's the word they always use? Inclusion. Hmm. They're big on inclusion, but the people that they want to include are not qualified for the positions they want to include them in. Not even close. No. Last last week, under the radar, as it were, it was leaked that the FAA is now on a DEI hiring binge. DEI hires at most places are simply people that check off a box or two or three with regard to race or gender confusion who aren't really qualified for the position they end up getting. Take the anti-Semitic and plagiarizing Claudine Gay or the cackling Kamala Harris or that idiot VP of marketing over at Anheuser-Busch who tanked Bud Light last year as prime examples of garden variety DEI hires. But those are not the ilk of incompetent boobs the FAA is looking to hire under their new DEI hiring policies. Oh, no. They have something else in mind. The FAA, the pencil-pushing, dust-sniffing government yahoos, in charge of keeping you safe when you fly from point A to point B, is looking to hire, as part of their diversity, equity, and inclusion protocol, people with disabilities. Well, okay, but, and it's a really big but. According to the FAA website, quote, Targeted disabilities are those disabilities that the federal government, as a matter of policy, has identified for special emphasis in recruitment and hiring. They include hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, epilepsy, severe intellectual disability, psychiatric disability, and dwarfism. 
Yes, you heard that correctly. The FAA has gone woke. And they're now putting an emphasis on hiring people whose disabilities include hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, epilepsy, severe intellectual disability, psychiatric disability, and dwarfism. Look, I've realized that there are plenty of folks out there with certain disabilities who can easily and competently handle a wide range of important jobs in just about any field. But where does this FAA DEI job placement program draw the line? Are we going to have to employ a certain quota of blind people as air traffic controllers? Are we going to require the FAA to employ a certain percentage of people with severe intellectual disabilities to maintain airline safety protocol? Are we soon to find people who are too short to get on the rides at Woke Disney, sitting on a stack of phone books in a cockpit of a 747, even though they can't reach the pedals, but would fit nicely in an overhead compartment just because they apply? And Diane, what of that subsection of those with psychiatric disabilities. This thing is so ridiculous because when you talk about psychiatric disabilities, you run a huge gamut, you know, uh, basically from, from bipolar all the way down. I mean, I can't even think of the list of them right now, but you are opening up a safety concern for the people who fly. You are putting the passengers' lives in danger. Psychiatric people controlling the planes, people who can't see, can't hear. How do they communicate with the cockpits if they can't hear? I don't know. This just makes no sense. This is beyond... Woke, uh, Craig. This borders on pure stupidity. Let me give you a partial lesson. Trust me, folks, I'm only scratching the surface here. Psychiatric disabilities comprise a wide spectrum, anything from PTSD and eating disorders to anxiety or panic disorders, depressive disorders, schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorders, psychopathic or sociopathic disorders, and substance abuse. Honestly, I'm not sure we want people like that emptying the waste paper baskets at the FAA's butt-squeak New Jersey Annex. And we sure as hell don't want people prone to panic attacks handling flight emergencies or people suffering from severe depression as co-pilots. I'm pretty sure we can do without psychos or sociopaths in charge of airline safety. And I'm damn sure we don't want a crack addict lining up incoming and outgoing flights over at O'Hare. I mean, holy crap. What happens if a blind and deaf woman with no arms or legs, who is a quadriplegic, if that's even possible, suffering from epilepsy, eating disorders, and is holding a three-way conversation with herself about whether it's better to kill herself or go on a random murder spree, and is no bigger than an average carry-on bag? I'm guessing here, but I would assume that under the new DEI hiring protocol at the FAA, 
such a person would automatically be appointed as the deputy administrator of the agency. Now, to be clear, to be made a chief administrator, that person would, along with the aforementioned afflictions, also need to be in a coma. In the case of the FAA, the general public should be notified as to which flights are being piloted by a DEI hire and which air traffic control towers have DEI hires in them for the general public safety. They need to avoid those places and those planes. But bear in mind that the FAA is but one government agency and the Federal Register lists 438 government agencies. If this is the new hiring protocol at the FAA, is soon to be implemented in the other 437 agencies as well. We already have Corporal Klinger as the Assistant Secretary of Health, and we had a Deputy Assistant Secretary of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy who pretended to be a woman and was stealing baggage from airports and wearing other women's clothes. Tony Baloney Fauci was the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases who helped the Chinese invent the bioweapon COVID-19. General Lloyd Austin, in charge of the Department of Defense, who doesn't tell anyone that he's going to be out of commission for a while in the middle of a potential beginning of World War III, and we have Mayorkas as the head of Homeland Security, letting people from around the world, including terrorists, waltz across our border, while Congressman Eric Swalwell is sleeping with a Chinese spy, and Senator Feinstein was being driven around by a different Chinese spy for the better part of 20 years. Good Lord, Diane, not only have we been appointing and hiring DEI lunatics for the federal level, for decades, apparently, we're also electing them. Well, this whole thing with DEI is gotten way out of hand. And it's really time to take it to a certain level that we never thought we'd have to do in this country. If the FDA hires people like this, especially the psychotic ones, to let alone, like you say, change the paper in the bathrooms, never mind be in those towers. We need to stop flying at this point because this program is putting people's lives in danger, innocent people. Why does every faction of American life have to be inclusion? It doesn't. How about qualifications trumping illusion? Or mainstreaming idiocy. Yeah. I mean, really, we are. Look, you may think it's a passing fad or that it maybe really doesn't matter, but consider the DEI hiring protocol just leaked out of the FAA and then Consider the new mission statement regarding DEI from the Pentagon and the Department of Defense, which states, and I quote, diversity, equity, and inclusion mission, build and sustain Army readiness 
by developing and implementing a strategic plan to advance DEI across the total force and establish the Army as a global leader in DEI, unquote. Now, call me old-fashioned, but I thought the job of our military was to strike fear into the hearts and minds of our enemies by being the world's utmost entity with regard to breaking things and killing people. I mean, evading radar lock-ons is one thing, but do we really want epileptics flying the new B-21 Raiders? I know Rachel Levine is now an admiral, but how many Rachel Levines do we want in our nuclear subs? Seriously, I want somebody with the balls to launch if it ever comes to that, not some dude who used to have the balls but decided to have them removed. Okay, (laughs) here's the real problem with DEI. It disincentivizes merit-based achievement. Let me explain. If you're in a minority and you see your minority getting passed along up the ladder – whether it be in education or job opportunities, why would you strive to achieve merit-based recognition? You wouldn't. It's far easier to demand a passing grade or a promotion based solely on your minority classification than to work hard to earn that grade or that promotion. Then, as part of a minority group, you understand that private companies or government agencies are forced to hire those in your minority group regardless of your qualifications. It becomes the norm to simply check the appropriate boxes rather than to apply yourself to the rigor of hard work to justify getting the position you want. The result is that while the private company or government agency can virtue signal that they have become more diverse in reality, what they've done is lower their standards selectively, thus lowering productivity, lowering intellectual value, lowering company or agency viability, and lowering expectations with regard to desired results. On the other hand, merit-based hiring actually requires those seeking the position to have actual talent, real-world experience, and intelligence to add productivity and ability to any given situation the job might require. Neither race nor any other minority classification should ever be taken into account. Does the applicant for the job or the school meet the merit-based requirements? That is what matters. No company or agency should give a happy damn about what their workplace looks like and should only care about how it performs. Let's take Fox and Friends, their morning show, as an example. That show recently added Lawrence Jones to the couch. Sure, there are those who claim he was a diversity hire, but I disagree. Jones earned the seat on the couch, not due to the color of his skin, but because of the content of his character. Jones spent years traveling across our nation, actually meeting and talking to people of all backgrounds. It gave him an insight into how Americans think. It gave him an insight as to what motivates Americans, what they care about. And in doing that, he made small-town America and Main Street America feel like they mattered in New York City at a national morning show. If you would rather watch a morning show, Diane, 
with people who check the psychiatric disabilities box, might I suggest that you watch CNN or MSNBC? Well, what's sad about all this is it does have an effect on the upcoming election. And here you're going to have two people, and it probably will be Biden and Trump, with two total ends of the spectrum, um, common sense wise. You know how one's going to go, and you know how the other is going to go. And when those two meet head on, this DEI stuff is going to be big news all over. Well, look, if you look at the two most probable nominees, as you mentioned, Joe Biden is one of them. He clearly checks most of the DEI disability Mm -hmm. boxes. I don't know about his hearing, but he is visually impaired. He's close to being immobile. He suffers from a variety of psychiatric issues, not the least of which is being a congenital liar, and he is a mental midget. On the other side, Donald Trump is not without his own check boxes. He's completely narcissistic. I'm not sure about being hearing impaired, but he clearly doesn't listen to anybody but himself. He's driven by insatiable revenge, and he also clearly feels entitled. When it comes to voting, be that in the primaries or in the general election, choose your list of DEI disabilities carefully because... Either way you look at it, after November 5th, we will be led for the next four years by an example of a DEI hire. (laughs) It's a sad situation we're in now, folks, when the color of one's skin, when one's um, disabilities decides who gets a job, who gets a promotion, who goes into what position instead of their ability, if they've earned the position, merit-based. I don't think any job, any school application anywhere should have any boxes where you check color of your skin, your religion, your race, etc. You should be hired your merits right i mean really isn't that the point i mean study hard do good work hard do good get a promotion get into the school you want to get into you know whatever the case may be but do it on the merit right okay you know you don't just check a box i'm a minority um i've got pronoun issues um i'm i'm a dwarf <laughs> you know and honestly when I first read this, I thought it was I thought it was a joke, this FAA yeah. thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when you look at that list, let me read that list again. Hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, epilepsy, severe intellectual disability, psychiatric disability. You got all of that and dwarfism? They, yeah, they, I, I, they they stick dwarfism in there with psychiatric disabilities. I mean, they they a dwarf is a per a perfectly functioning, mentally perfectly functioning human being. Why they stuck dwarfs in with psychiatric 
um, disabilities is beyond me. Yeah, I just I, because when I saw dwarfism on there, I thought, well, this is obviously a joke, but it's not. It's not. What's a joke is this whole woke movement that has overtaken the country. They are taking an agency in charge of our, basically our planes in the air. And they are, again, they are putting people's lives in danger. You're going to have a psychotic person sitting in the control tower? Well, I mean, you know. I won't get on that plane. Yeah, but how do you know? See, that's that's what I'm saying. Airports, if they're hiring DEI hires for anything, there ought to be things on the, the airport website. There ought to be signs on the doors. There ought to be stuff in the concourses right. telling you that they're hiring DEI, okay? Because, you know, the, the tower is one thing. The pilots are another thing. The people at the baggage you know, handling your baggage or, or an issue. Imagine all the la- lost baggage we're going to have. Well, you know, we, we already had that, that goofy government idiot that was stealing bags from airports. Oh, the, you know? yeah, the he, she, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, but holy crap. I mean, do you want somebody with severe depression flying no. your airplane? Do, do you no. want somebody who's schizophrenic or prone to panic attacks No, up in the tower? No. I mean, holy crap. You know, th- this stuff is just insane. Now, I will tell you, folks, embedded in this commentary on my blog, which, by the way, you can find this, the FAA Goes Woke, at thenationalpatriot.com or rspradio1.com, but embedded in this, I actually have a video of what we can expect once this DEI hiring protocol goes into effect at the FAA. Mm-hmm. It comes from yeah. the 1980 movie Airplane, which we, we used to think of just as completely farcical, but holy crap, it's now real. Right, and that's very sad, folks. I mean, good Lord. But, you know, yeah, the FAA is just one part of the the problem here. If the government's doing it at the FAA and they're doing it in the military, they're going to be doing it across the board. Exactly. And it's even more dangerous in our military, the way the world is now. Do you really want a woke military having to fight for us? Oh, no. No, of course not. Uh, no. no. There's something horrible going on in this country today that we allow this nonsense to continue. I mean, when, when you look at government hires, let, let's take the, the DEI stuff out of it for, for just a moment. If you look at your garden variety, run-of-the-mill government hires, some of them, a lot of them, are questionable as it is. Mm-hmm. Okay? You throw DEI into the mix, government-wide, and what you're going to wind up with is a bowl of granola. What ain't fruits and nuts is flakes. Oh, it's going to be worse than that, Craig. It's really going to be worse than that. I... 
predict they go ahead with this DEI stuff at the FAA, and we're going to see, forget baggage being lost. That'll definitely happen. But what's going to happen with the first crash? I know. I know. And in in the minute or two that we have left, I got I to gotta bring an update in. Okay, because mm-hmm. I mentioned it in this commentary. Just a few weeks ago, we had a door blow off of a Boeing jetliner in flight. Yes. Okay. Today, we now know why that door blew off. Wasn't it the bolt? They forgot to bolt it? They, they said initially the bolts were, were loose and it caused a vacuum problem and it sucked the door off. Okay. Today, we found out the real reason. They didn't nobody, put the bolts in. No, nobody put the bolts in. Yeah. So, so this door was just there with nothing holding it onto the airplane. Right. Well, holy crap. Shouldn't yes. it be somebody's job to put bolts into airplanes? <laughs> they shouldn't be leaving the uh, production line without their bolts in place. You know. I understand some of the other aircraft that they've been investigating in this or inspecting in this do have loose bolts, but they have bolts on the doors. Right. You know, they, some of them may be loose, but they're at least they're there in the, in the case of the one that got blown out, there were no bolts in place. And, yeah. and you know what? And you know what that tells me, Diane? What? Some nut didn't put the bolts in. Some nut. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Folks, you can get my commentary, The FAA Goes Woke, either at thenationalpatriot.com or rspradio1.com. You can get Diane's op-ed, The Media and Enemy Within, at her blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com or rspradio1.com. Either way, you can get both of these articles, and we hope you share the links everywhere. Yes, I hope you do. With that, Diane, it's time for you and I to say good night. Yes. Nighty night, folks, and we'll be back on Friday. And please look forward to our article, our investigative report coming out in two weeks. Have yourselves a great rest of the week, folks. We'll catch up with you on Friday. Bye-bye. Bye.